Thank you for joining us for another day of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. We're meeting again with the Ratbeat campaign. We have our entire party here. Starting with our Warlock. Hello, I'm Elise playing Thistle, the half-elf Warlock. Our Paladin fighter. Uh, Torin played by James. Our fighter, non-Paladin. Played by Tyler. You're super quiet. Want to give what it again, the... Becky? Oh, God. What? That's unusual. Uh, oh, crap. Uh, you're a Dragonborn fighter, Becky. Did you hear that? Yeah. Ah, okay. Barbarian. Hanzi, a uh, Yakful Barbarian, played by Melanie. Our cleric. Masami, played by Katie. And that's everybody. Uh... <laughs> I was unsure. Um, so when we last left off, our party was just finishing up a job, just got their big payday, and uh, we're kind of just between missions right now. They yep. had noticed that the Wan T had suddenly a blooming presence at Rapik. It's made clear that... Uh, right, this is a casino. They make money <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny, actually. I really like that. <laughs> oh, they know how to come into rapping? <laughs> they know how to spend money at rapping. <laughs> I mean, I still think we should get a cut of that money. So, you know, we did it. That's not how the contracting here works. Yeah, we, we intentionally... Like, give it a little bit. We intentionally went to the Yuan T and decided to show them the where the portal was because we had the forethought that the uh, the rap people would make a lot of money if we let them come and gamble. Yep, exactly. Oh. Uh, no, I see where you're thinking is there. Thistle, remember the last time when you started bullshitting the boss and you couldn't talk for an hour? Just I feel what? like there's precedent what? here. Did we did we go past that hour? I don't remember us yes. sleeping. Okay. Yeah. Because we woke up the next morning and saw all that you wanted to. That's right. So, it's a fresh new day in Ratbeak. What to do? Talk, 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 talk. Because I can do that now. <laughs> what? Uh, it was uh, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we need to go back to the boss for another job. Yeah. Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. We, we just uh, used another two gold for another night at Ratbeak, so... Yeah. Um, where are you guys at, money-wise? I'm pretty flush. I'm at 808 gold. James is much more flush than I am. Yeah, I haven't spent much of anything, so I, I want to say that in total, I need to pull up my character sheet real quick. I think I'm at, like, 830 gold or something. Okay. 690. Kind of nice. So, like, we could buy our way out now if we wanted to do one of those lower tiers. The the lowest tier was 500 gold, buys you a simple break, and they put you at the nearest landmass, depending on where Rapik is currently floating. Mm-hmm. 700 gold got you the nearest land, and you got a job. 1,000 gold, you got to pick where we'd let you get landed, and you'd get a job. And then 2,000 was pick your life. Yeah. 
Also worth noting, I only have 290 gold. I thought I had more gold than that. How do you only have 290 gold? I didn't get paid for any other jobs you guys went on without me. Oh, yeah. Has he not been making money when he's off doing his own jobs? Uh, we covered that once. He got a little bit of money, um, but no. Okay. Becky's very generous. He does jobs for free sometimes. I figure it probably is one of those sort of things that they, the job that you're on when you're not with us might not be as dangerous. So it might just cover like food costs and like living costs. So it's like yeah, breaking even. Yeah. You didn't have to spend any money on those days either. Mm. Yeah, it covers rent for while you're in there. Right. Also, whenever they give us the choice of money or not money, I normally pick not money. So if anybody, I don't know if they, he ever gives some of us the option of money or not money. Yeah, but he, he generally does. Well, I always thought it was like we all have to agree on what we're getting. Yeah, that is the case. All right, never mind. All right, so you guys go to the boss. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's mid morning, and uh, you guys can see him right away. And he is clearly managing some sort of ledger as you all enter. He doesn't even seem to look up. And he goes, ah, good morning. Welcome back. Morning. I take it you're here for work? Yes, sir. So, uh, he closes the ledger. And sort of shifts it to the side and leans forward on his elbows. I heard a uh, talk amongst your party recently about uh, looking to shove off, leave my employee. I mean, yeah, we talked about this with him, didn't we? we yeah, did. we know that we should come see you bef before we go. I think that we were. We were talking about it in the in the future. You know, it's not going to be an immediate thing or, or even a, like, you know, next job or, or two thing. I think we're still, most of us are still trying to, to save up to, uh, you know, to, to either have the life that we want or to just have a little bit more control over where we go from here. Or maybe just not be broke when we get there. That too. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that none of us have figured out quite what we want to do yet. I don't even have enough money to leave yet. Good. Well. Glad to hear, I should say. Uh, it's hard for me to watch good work go. Since I've uh, employed you all I've also employed about a dozen other groups. Over half of those groups are dead. Oh, wow. You all have a spark. A spark for good work and a spark for good effort. And I appreciate that. So I got a special job. Something that's very important to me. And something that I'm going to trust you all with that I wouldn't trust some of the other groups with. 
We have a VIP who needs to go from one place to another. Oh god, escort mission. Oh, fuck. He needs to go quite a distance. I'm not saying it's going to be safe, but I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be dangerous. Rest assured, the most powerful thing amongst you all will be the VIP. Your job is less of a bodyguard and more of a handler. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Who, who is the VIP? The details of that will be made very clear once you arrive. He will be waiting for you. Where do we need to take him? Uh, uh, he sort of pulls up a map of Yalzar. We don't have one of those pinned. Nope. I'll get it. I got it. Uh, yeah, copy link. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so whichever of these you wish to use, um, I'm going to use the MS Paint one because it's got a little more detail. Uh, so he tells you that you're going to have to escort the VIP from one side of Yalzar Minor, the northern tip, to the southeastern side of the mountains on the right, on the east. Hmm. Okay. Should be about a week's travel, maybe a little more, if you're slow. I'm sure you've already, uh, um, I'm sure you've already factored this in. Uh, are we allowed to know why he isn't able to use the portals of Rappi? Uh, there might not be portals not, where we're going. Yeah, a little bit of that, ma'am. And a little bit of... He disagrees with some of Rampeek's methods. Mm. Understood. And just for my clarification as a player, um, Yalzar Minor is the one with all of the, like, quote-unquote beast races. Yeah, that's where a lot of the, the bestial people reside where the Aracocra are commonplace gnolls that sort of thing got it okay Okay. just making sure I remember but there are you know settlements and settlements on that island that belong to those races like they're not savage they're just yeah 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 Yeah. I was just trying to remember just for for the furries I I don't I don't think a Hanzi would know any of that hmm so this VIP is he somebody who would be one is is he an ally of Radbeak and yours and just disagrees with the transportation methods? That kind of detail is something you best ask him about. I have my opinions. I just like his gold. Hmm. Mostly, that's one of those. I, I'm trying to politely ask if we need to hog time and drag him to the next location. I don't think you're capable. That's also very fair. Well, this should be a very interesting job, if nothing else. 
Oh, I imagine it'll be precisely that. And um, the, the Ello Rail doesn't go where we're going, right? It could. You could definitely ride the Ello Rail part of the way, but you'll have to be a little active about getting him on it. Ah. I... I feel like I begin to understand. Is he... I'm sensing a paranoid a wizard. holy type? Listen... All these questions can be answered by him probably fair. more effectively than I can. All right. That's fair enough. Is he offering so, a scroll out? Yeah. He, you know, throws over a bundled scroll. I'll open it up and read it. Just uh, gives you details for what hall and what door. And uh, it has a <coughs> uh, a miniature map on it that's just Yazar Minor and okay. it dictates to you that you're going to be starting near the northern tip uh, in the marshlands and you're going to have to go to the southeast side of the eastern mountain range there okay all right <laughs> Um, so we said that we were going to be gone. I mean, I'm at, like, I don't want to say this while we're still in the office. So if we like leave the office and all that. Um, he said that we'll be gone for probably a week. So any supplies or anything that we should pick up? Before? Oh, no, absolutely. We're doing a quick little shopping run. Yeah. We should probably get some climbing gear, some anything that could help us in the marshland. I buy more rope. Um, I have a good amount of rope. I'm going to buy... A map of Yalzar Minor. Okay. Um, we have one on the scroll. but I It's mean, a very small and probably not very well detailed map. Um, the map is the most expensive thing that you guys buy, and it's going to run you 20 gold. Okay. We can do that. But I'll it outlines... I'll pitch in five for that. I'm sorry? Um, I'll pitch in five gold for that. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, it dictate. It, sorry, it, it details all of the major settlements, which you can see on either of the maps. Um, okay. It details what the more simplistic map yields, which is that there's a Ella Rail that goes from like the northwestern major settlement to the south middle uh, port town, and also a T intersections to the west. Okay, but we have to go to the east, right? Right. Okay. Um, into the mountain range? It just... It, they, it, the boss said to the the southeast side of the mountain range. Okay. Uh, the map you buy also details that you can see on the MS Paint map that there's a black square there. Um, that <laughs> is on the map that you buy and it's uh, detailed as large ruins avoid unless needed okay good to know okay um, I'm gonna buy a climber's kit because I don't think I got one in my pack okay that's uh, 25 gold by the PHP. Yep. Then, so 90%. Take 2.5 off. All right. Thank you. 
like I'm pretty set as far as other gear. So, just to be clear for you, Becky, it's not, I don't think, very explicitly said anywhere, but after I did some digging early on in my 5th edition, if you have a climber's kit, you effectively climb at half your move speed. Okay. Nice. But you can normally climb without the climber's kit just at a slower pace, and you might have to make some more checks. Is that it? The difference is the safety. Okay. So yeah, there's it, there there's skill checks. Obviously, if it's like rough and tumble, or if something happens to you, but uh, the biggest part of that is you don't have to really make much safety checks because if you fuck up while you have a climber's kit, you've been putting in pentons every ten feet. So if you right. fall, you're only going to fall like 5-10 feet. Okay. And you'll be, you know, suspended and you can just like grab the wall again. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Uh, I, does anybody else want to buy a climber's kit over here? Just in case we have to <laughs> go over that mountain? Might be a good idea. Launch save your luck. I'll get one. Okay. Rat Big is selling them at 22 and a half gold. Nice. Alright. Yeah, remember, you guys buy in Rat Big at PHB times 90%. So, you get it's effectively everything's 10% off to you guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, Do you want to grab anything like healing potions or rations anything like that i still have two healing potions more rations wouldn't be a terrible idea just in case we get stuck in a portal somewhere and it takes longer than a week i'll buy two weeks worth of rations how about that for myself <laughs> these are for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh, oh, Becky, I- that's so thoughtful just stuffing your bag full of rations we're like uh yeah these are mine. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Did we 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 split the job money evenly, right? Does that, oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> All nice. right. So, uh, you guys done? Mm-hmm. I got everything I need. All right. So you guys go through the hall. You guys go through the door, and you're stepping out of a outhouse uh, into a muddy little farmer's village. Yay! Uh, You're in a port town on the outskirts of it in a town that smells of peat and it's probably its major export. Scotch. Not a terrible thing to be the chief export of. Hey, I'm not complaining. No. Alright, I have no idea how we're going to find this person. This is going to be fun. Um, I look at the, I read the scroll. Does it give me a name? Does it give me a, de- a nope. uh, description? Nope. Oh, good. Alright, well, the boss said that he'd be waiting, right? Yep. Anybody around? So there's a smattering of people. Most of them are peat farmers uh, tending to their fields and, you know, 
doing the peat farming thing. Uh, but you do see amongst this sort of, you know, sort of people that you expect to see in this kind of town, uh, you see approaching you all a short person, probably a halfling, accompanied by two golems. Okay. He has a big cloak that with the hood down, and he looks like straight up one of the hobbits in terms of his overall attire. Okay. All right. Including the bare feet. And he waves very, like, sloppily and in the distances. Oh, yes, you all are the people that uh, are to take me from here to the other there, right? Uh, yeah. Y- yes, I think, believe so, yeah. Brilliant. And he's going to, like, jump up and, like, grab one of the forearms of one of the golems. He goes, I knew it was them, Twelve. I knew it was them. <laughs> um, well, like, kind of curtsied slightly and go, I'm, I'm Thistle. This is the rest of the group that is to get you, uh, you know, to, to the other side of Yalzar Minor. Yes, good. We should leave immediately. This place is disgusting. Sure. What, what should we call you, sir? Oh, well, my name, obviously. That would be ridiculous to call me other things. But, well, I do prefer to be called Talented. Alright, I just won't call you late for dinner. Ha ha ha. Don't ever call me that. Uh, What? Anyway, he he looks to the group and, and just gently bows and says... My name is Roger the Pitless. Okay. Nice to meet you, Roger. Uh, I'm Masami, I'm and this is uh, Torin and uh, Becky and Ahanzi. And you Good. met the. Do you have a uh, particular route in which you would like to take to go to your destination? Well, I figured that was your all job. Well, I don't know. Maybe you want to do the scenic route. Maybe you want to do the fastest route. I don't know how uh, how much of a time crunch you're on. I like the direct route, and I'm under every time crunch, and none at the same time. Okay. Are, uh, are, are these gentlemen going with us? Oh, these are not gentlemen. This is 12, and he, like, gestures to the one that is mostly made out of, like, iron bark plates. Uh, and then he gestures to the other one and goes, this one is 37. About how tall are these things? Uh, they're like seven feet tall. Okay. Uh, 37 is, um, mostly comprised of what you would assume to be, like, plates of silver very shiny Uh, I'm interested suddenly (laughs) and you can see that um, under the sort of splint mail plates of silver they seem to be embedded in like an under layer of clay 
Okay. So, almost imagine kind of like a porcupiney look to him, where all the spines are these like plates of silver, and then underneath, instead of fur, it's clay. He has a uh, sugar loaf helmet kind of head shape <laughs> with only a singular um, like eye slit. Interesting. Uh, and within that eye slit, you can only see a dull green glow. I mean, tracks for a golem. I'm still just very like kind of just sort of giving both the golems so like sort of like a once over and sort of like not necessarily trying to figure out how they tick because they're arcane because they're golems but like also just you know keeping an eye on the craftsmanship and things like that um so give me a perception check and you can add double proficiency for this because you're using your uh tool proficiency in addition to your eyes That's a 19. Um, you notice something that throws off the descriptor of Golem for you? Uh, in addition to the fine craftsmanship that you see, I mean, like, to the layman, this is just, like, a very fancy silver golem and a very finely crafted iron bark golem. Both, you know, very daunting within their own rights. But you realize upon, like, just a slower, more detailed watch that... The Ironbark Golem 12, its chest heaves like it's breathing. Oh, what? Okay. And That's... 37 seems what? to be more, like, robotic in its movements. But just as much as you're analyzing it, you can feel its gaze on you. And every time you sort of track its eye lines, you see that it's looking at the wedges of your armor, the weak spots. This thing is sizing you up while you're sizing it up. I mean, that's fair, but also that's some Terminator bullshit. Good to know. Um, I am now immediately fascinated with the, the Ironbark Golem and the fact that it seems to be breathing. Have either of these things communicated to us, or he, has the uh, has the guy just talked to them? Uh, he's talked to them. He seems to to hear them, like in some of the small chatter. Uh, you get the impression that he's like talking to himself, kind of, you know, sort of like the you know Han Solo Chewbacca trope sort of thing. Uh, gotcha. Whatever communication that these golems are using is a lot is a lot quieter or you just haven't heard it yet. Or there might be some sort of telepathic connection. Potentially. Maybe. You don't, you don't know is the thing. You, well, they don't, have, they don't is, seem to have mouths. They don't seem to be making noise that assumes something telepathic, but yeah, I mean, it's, the point know. is that it's ambiguous of whether or not these entities are talking to Roderick or he's just talking to himself. Valid. Okay. Um, I'm gonna ask him questions over the course of the over the travels, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold my tongue. All right. Well, since we don't have an exact route in mind, um, I was I'm gonna. gonna we take a look at the map and try to plot our way where we're gonna go before we start moving. The yeah, most let's... direct path. 
Well, the, the quickest path as well. Because it might be more direct to go over the mountain, but it might also be quicker to go around it. I don't know. Oh, no, no, there's, no. there's one stop I'd like to make. Okay, where's where that? There's, well, <clears throat> if we're taking the direct route, we'll see it. Once we leave the bog, if we hug the bog, keeping it to our left, and then we go prime south when we reach the very tip of the uh, bog, we almost will be able to see it from there. It's this massive, uh, glorious monastery. I've been meaning to see it. I haven't been there in decades. Uh, I show him the map and, and point at the, like, where, where on the map is it? Oh, it's already marked on your map. And he points to the fucking ruins that are like, don't go Of here. course. Yeah, I kind of figured. I mean, that's, that's Chekhov's, Chekhov's ruins, so that's fair. We've uh, we've heard that that um, it's dangerous around that area. Yeah, I was gonna say Ahanzi is explicitly going to point at those words on the map. <laughs> Just um. Well, no, the map that we purchased doesn't have that on there. The map in the scroll does. No, I think he said it was on both, wasn't it? Is it on both? Yeah. Uh, no, it. All of that details on the map you bought. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Hansi is definitely like pointing at, at at the ruins and just going like, um. So why would this map say that we should avoid it? Unless we have to. But also, I'm gonna just sort of kind of gesture to uh to uh, you said it was eleven or no twelve and uh, thirty. Yeah, twelve and oh. thirty-seven. This is the largest group we've traveled in, and this map might be for more people that are not necessarily adventuring types. Fair, but just because... This map was sold at Ratbeak, which is nothing but adventuring types. Yeah. I don't know if it was made in Ratbeak. They might have gotten it from somewhere else. I'm sure it's nothing. This place is a fine monastery with some of the best swordsmen in the world. What, Roger, when was the last time you were there? Oh, have it's I decades. Heard, have I heard of this monastery he's talking about? I mean, we're on the ass end of the world from where I would be from, but swords are kind of what I do. Uh, go for it. You have, like, a history check or something like that. Fourteen? I mean... Religious orders that are known for sharpening their skills of prayer with swordsmanship is not the most unique thing in the world. So Fair to enough. hear that there's some sort of, you know, eccentric group out here in the middle of nowhere that, you know, studied the blade is, you know, interesting to you for sure, but you've never heard of them. Gotcha. Say we have someone in our party right now that sharpens their, their blade with their religious interests. Right. <laughs> that my blade is literally my religious existence, but go off, yeah. Oh, two two members of the party then. Wait, I thought you were talking about me. Who who's the other person? The paladin. You don't worship swords. They sharpen their blades through their religious practice. I, uh, it's I think, not just that swords are your religion; it's that they're honing their martial skills via religion. Yeah, you guys oh, are okay. both approaching the same 
version of faith from different angles. I thought you were like a sun god guy. No, Bahamut guy. Well, that's the that's the target of his prayer. But right. what I'm saying is he manifests his zealotry. Like with I feel like weapon. this is one of the things like, like Katie knows, but Masami's just taking an affront as far as the fact that she's like swords are literally my religion. Practicing swordman swordsmanship as part of your religion seems like a very easy way out of what I. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, like hipster, hipster, you wouldn't understand unless you really were there. So you guys bantering back and forth is interrupted with increasingly louder and louder stampings of childlike play, as you see Roderick sort of just stomping around in the mud. Huh. Can we go? Yeah, if we uh, if we have a pl uh, course plotted, then. Uh... Uh, Roderick, what do you think about taking the Elorail halfway down? Uh, he seems to get visually sick when you say the Elorail. He goes, "Ugh, no, gross." Okay, but it'll help us with the most direct path. No. Yes. His eyes narrow. No. Can I be the first to ask why you disagree with it? I say, it gross. Gross in what way? Do you not like what it is? Or is the travel itself gross to you? Uh, Roderick seems to ponder how to answer this question. To the point where he even like grabs his chin beard. <laughs> And then reaches over to 37, and he grabs 37 by, like, the thigh, and, like, lifts the thigh plate like he would lift the hood of a car. Hmm. And inside of this clay and silver shell, you see wisps of magical energy pulsing back and forth Ooh. around bones Ugh. and he just says I do this this is what I do Elorail yeah. makes gross of this hey Roderick what whose bones are those oh 37s uh yeah let's do whatever he wants but where did the whose bones were those before they were 37s Oh, they were always 37s. Who was 37 before he was 37? Well, we're trying to figure that out. That's why 37 walks with me. Okay, what about 12? Oh, 12 knows who they were. But they walk with me because it's funner than what they were. Okay. 12 has walked with me... How long, 12? Yeah. 87 years. That's a long time. All right, we're going to walk with you. Are you going to turn us into them? Do you want to be? No. Well, then, no. Okay. He hired us to guide him, not to be experimental subjects. Could oh, there's no experimentation. I know what I'm doing. And he closes the hood of the thigh. Fair enough. All right, well... I Just could experiment. Do you want to see an experiment? 
Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I pre. I. I would be fascinated another time, but if you need to go the most direct route, then we should probably start moving. And if you need to go to the uh, the ruins as well, then we'll have to we'll have to get going to there, and we'll have to be extra careful because all signs point to it being dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess let's uh, let's start heading out then. All right. So you you all start to walk and get yep. to it. I would imagine Hansi and I would be taking point because we're the ones most experienced in finding our way through wild places. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me your nature checks. Alrighty. Can I do survival instead of nature? Sure. sure. I I will do the same. Um, I imagine that's our route for at least this first little bit. What? Um, I just I put in a in the chat. Oh, um, sorta. The you guys are at the dot inside the bog. Gotcha. I'll just... But basically, you guys are gonna go south hard until you're outside of the bog, and then follow that line. So it works. Yeah. Um, that was a 17 from me. I rolled a 23. So, the both of you see tracks. And they're lumbering, slow tracks uh, with heavy imprint in the mud. However, no, you, you, you've taken this the opposite direction. The first part of that line needs to go to the little blip to the left of the reed in the swamp, not in the prairie lands. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so you guys uh, see the tracks. And while Ahanzi, you see the tracks very, very much so. Um and recognize that these belong to, you know, a heavy, large creature. Right. Um, Becky, you actually recognize these tracks. You've heard of some of the more ghastly creatures that you guys could have put in the arena. And this one fits the bill. These tracks belong to a cobbletopas. A cobbletopas? Cobbletopas. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pull up a picture because you know what it looks like y- yes, from please. your studies, but the rest of the party might not. Oh I, boy! I start and, describing in detail what it is to the party using my arms and 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 standing on my tiptoes and. <laughs> you're you're pantomiming a creature. Yeah. Uh, as you do so. Fuck. Uh, this is such a rare monster that, like, oh, god damn it. I always spell it wrong. Just uh, by saying it does not sound like it would be fun to spell. Alright. There we go. Um, so, this creature has a lot of interpretations. 
I'm gonna make sure that I use the one that I like. Uh, so, <laughs> as you begin to describe this thing, um, Roger the Pitless interrupts you about halfway through, and he goes, "Oh, oh, those are very rare, and yes, they are native to here. Thirty-seven. Uh, if we find one, I, I need its eye." Ew. Do I know? I uh, also did you did you send a picture in the in the rapid Not notes? yet. I'm still looking for the interpretation of this creature that I like because okay. there's a lot of versions of it. But basically, um, here I'll send just like a stand in for the moment. Okay. Uh, that encapsulates like the big parts of it. Oh, okay. Um, do I uh, do I do I know about this creature? Is it normally uh, um... so? With that, make a nature check with advantage to to know of it. Okay. Natural twenty with a total of probably just. Yeah, 21, the natural 20. Here it is. Oh, come now. Hopefully this works. Um, okay. Yeah. So it has oh. one eye? Oh. I think I've fought something like that in a Final Fantasy game before. You have fought them in like every Final Fantasy game. Katabopas yeah. is a reoccurring enemy type. Yep, but they're oh, kind of rare. Things. They were in 15, they were super giant and in the water. Yeah, and could kick your shit in if you weren't. a lot of pictures of the one from 15. Yeah. Um, okay. I think 5 had a good one. Yeah. That was similar in your design that you like. The one I do I know if these things are normally hostile or are they kind of like peaceful creatures, but they're just hunting? Uh, oh, like, those things. Oh, those yeah, they definitely things. stepped on me at least a couple times. Are they like, uh, um, are they hostile creatures or are they like unicorns being hunted down for their horns? Kind of uh, neither. They are very territorial. Um, okay. And that's troublesome because. They're not fast. They're very slow, lumbering creatures. So they are very Florida man, defend my land, wherever it is I am. Okay. Sorry, stand your ground is the word. All right. So so they're, they're very stand your ground no matter where they are because of how territorial they are. Okay. Um, they, you know that their tails are incredibly powerful. Um, and have a substantial reach and, like, oomph to their blows. Okay. However, the most detrimental thing about fighting a Kabbaltopas is its petrifying gaze. <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Based on my, my knowledge of the creature, um, should we fuck with this? Or, like... 
Or is it just is it something that we shouldn't even attempt to fight because it'll just kick our ass? Oh, 37 will handle. Just find it. I mean, if 37 can't be petrified, 37 is more than welcome to. Um, so, Roderick, you told us that time is really important, but the second detour that, you, that you're asking us to take. And there will be more. Rare ingredients are very valuable. He is the client. I'm going to kind of say under my breath to Elise, it's like, we were, we were kind of told that, uh, yeah, that this was going to be more of an escort. This was not a protect mission. This was a deal with personality mission. And I think we're seeing the personality. All right. I will just follow. All right. I, I guess I will start tracking, tracking down the couple of us. Okay. So you guys go about half of an hour out of the way. More like east, deeper into the bog. Uh-huh. But you see a cluster of several fallen logs and trees. Uh, and you're like, it's in there. <laughs> All right. But I point out to I point out the, the cluster of like yeah, it's in there. Are you, are you certain 37 can handle it on its own? Oh, absolutely. 37. Take the shot. Uh, our 37 just nods to Roderick and takes a few steps in front of the party uh, and takes a very wide, almost like horse stance in yoga. Yeah. It's a very broad... Uh, Almost like he's about to break into a huacha. Yeah. Um, and he leans forward, sticks one of his forearms, one of his arms, punches it into the mud. And so he now has like a tripod sort of situation going. Yeah. His other arm breaks in half and forms the arms for a crossbow. Interesting. And out from his spine produces a arbalest bolt. Whoa. And you can see he can aim. And he's taking very long, but he takes, you know, a good 10 seconds to sort of aim his body. And then he waits. Uh... And then he he sort of looks to Roderick for a moment, and Roderick goes, "Oh yes, twelve, go scare it." And twelve. Goes, I'm gonna go up. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna prepare myself to close my eyes in case this goes horribly wrong, and the couple of us looks towards our uh, direction. Have you told us not to look at it? Uh, yeah, I gave. I, I imagine I would have given the 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 uh, entirety of the details, the important details that I know when I gave a description of it. Okay. So you know, he said petrifying gaze. Take that as yeah. you will. Um, I'm gonna ask Roderick. Do you need help scaring it? I can. I can do stuff. Can you get turned into stone? No, but I can make big, loud, scary noises. 
Oh, you can't get turned into stone? Go go no. get it then. No, no, I, you absolutely what he's trying to say is that he's sending his golems in because there's a lower risk for them because they can't be turned into stone. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, hey. Becky? Becky. They're not golems. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I merely assumed they were. Twelve. Show them. Twelve's gonna, like, stop from leaving the party, turn around, open his chest, and reveal a pulsing green heart inside of a jar suspended with magic and metal string inside of his torso. I'm immediately just stopping every bone in my body to go up and, like, poke further at it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just realizing that it's like, yeah, I... I That'll How does that question for later? That is the freakiest thing I've seen today. If they're not golems, what do you call them? Uh, their names. Besides their names. Oh. Friends. Well, yeah. Also, besides that, what what is their? Hanji doesn't know scientific terms at all. Phylum. What? <laughs> What kind of creature, what kind of being are they? I haven't thought about it. We can think about it after I carve that Carpetabus eye. Fair. Twelve, spook it out. And Twelve's just going to nod and close his chest and go back <coughs> over there. And you're going to see he's going to lift a hand um, and produce a spell from one of his fingers a bunch of dancing lights are gonna appear above the the loggy rubble and slowly a single large head with a cyclopean eye and a pair of tusks or sorry horns is gonna peer up at the at the lights and is gonna let out a gentle sonorous almost bovine like bewilderment sound <laughs> and then 37 looses the arbalest bolt and nearly like decapitates the cobble to pass with the bolt Ahanzi sees virtually none of this because she's been staring at the ground ever since somebody told her that it could petrify her by looking at her. Right. <laughs> Damn. Uh, wow. That's, um... Shit. Uh, that's impressive. And, uh, the moment 37 shoots, Roderick is gonna gleefully start to run over and go, great job, guys! Great job! I'm going to stay close to him in case some other shenaniganry happens. Uh -huh. I'm immediately interested in everything going on. I look now. I mean, you hear your friends running away from you. Okay. <clears throat> so, Becky, you're only feet behind Roderick as he sort of runs through the bog. And you can see he doesn't leave footprints. Huh. The, huh. Okay. Um, We're just going to put a pin in that. 
Yeah, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make note of that. Does he still? I mean, he's still. We've seen him have contact with a solid thing, so we know he's not a projection of anything. Um, is he just straight Jesus walking on top of muck right now? I don't know. Give me a perception check to see. Okay. Uh, perception is 17. So it's a very clear visual feedback when you start to look for it. But it's not that he doesn't leave tracks. No, he does depress the mud when he places his feet down. But as his feet leave, the mud seems to forgive his transgression and reform. Huh. So he has he has some kind of magical nature about himself that doesn't leave footprints. I will have to make note of this because if he gets away from us, we will not be able to track him down. Do uh, either of his golems leave footprints? Have I noticed? Yeah, they do. Okay. Not golems. That's well, his his not golems, dude. I, his, his buddies. Twelve and thirty-seven. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make note of that, but I'm not gonna say anything because you know weird shit happens all the time. Um, let's see here. Uh, Does the mud forgive my transgression? No. <laughs> so you see feet ahead of Roderick, the distinct like snout of a crocodile in shallow water. I go, uh, croc, crocodile. I immediately warn him of the of the uh, crocodile that's nearby, and uh, grab grab him and, and pull him closer to safety. Okay. Um. By the time you reach out to him, he stops and turns around, and just takes your hand and goes, "What's wrong?" There's and a crocodile. He's, he's standing right next to it. There's a crocodile. It's a, it's a. It'll eat you. No. <laughs> probably not. And he just is with like maintaining eye contact with you and wearing a big thistle level grin. He's gonna Oh reach. no, we have two of them in the party now. He's gonna yeah. reach down and pat Agents the of Chaos on the head. Is there, like, oh my god, do, do I know of any kind of magical, like, fey creature or anything that would just have this level of whimsy and would be intelligent enough to be able to craft uh, two, two brand new life forms? Is he a ghost? I don't know, have you touched him? I mean, I tried I tried to touch yeah, him. And he he's holding me. your hand. Yeah, yeah, so he's, yeah, so he's definitely not a ghost. Um... Corporeal ghost? Is he like a druid or something? Uh, it's, or or some kind of fake creature? Does he Mecha like, druid? Or just <laughs> or just like a fey artificer or something like that? Um, I'm like you're you you you're you're an odd one. Um, you you seem to have a great great touch with nature. Is that just by your nature or by your training? Yes. But, to answer your question, there is no one quite like me. And that's very sad sometimes. Oh well. I need that uh, eye. And he lets go of your hand, and you see the crocodile sort of like, turns away and goes deeper into the nearby water. 
Huh. Okay. Um, Maybe that crocodile follows us. Won't start nothing. Don't won't be nothing. Uh, <laughs> motto. Yeah. Um. Can, can I make any kind of check to see if we're if we're like walking around with an archfey or something ridiculous? <laughs> I mean, what kind of check would that even be? I don't know. <laughs> My wiles. Uh, he, uh, um, like, do I don't know. Can I roll uh, to discover plot? Can I roll to discover plot? Things? I think I kind of want to do an insight check to see if he is, if there's any glamours or anything that he's rocking as far as are we actually looking at who we think we're looking at right now? Uh, sure. Have I ever heard Twelve? Probably not going to have you high enough, but... Twelve? Is that what you got? Yes. No. What was your question, Ahanti? Uh, I was going to ask, have I ever heard of this particular individual? I mean, if what he's saying is true, he's been around for 80-something years plus, so maybe I've heard of him? Can I make a history check or, sure. or something? That's uh, a 15. I mean, there's all kinds of stories about wanderers and interesting people. You know, you're sure you've probably heard something about something that could be orchestrated to sound like this person, but... You don't. You can't either remember or the details don't add up perfectly. Right. Okay. Oh, um, um, can I replace one of my two current voices um, that I have? So I, right now I know Mesotami the Beholder and um, some high elf. He's like a broker uh, from the Lahasi Empire. I want to get rid of the high elf and learn... Roderick Pitlis's voice. Okay, let me know the first time you apply it. Sure. Not like around him, but I just... Yeah, no, I, I understand how the ability works. Okay. Uh, do you, do you need any assistance in getting that eye? Ooh, yes. Your hands look very strong. And judging by your overall attire and smell, you're a hunter. Yeah, I dabble. Um, yeah, carve that eye out. And he, like, grabs the horns and, like, meekly pulls the last bit of, like, tendons snapped and drags this, the head over to you. Can Ugh. I assist him in this? If you want. You guys can make a survival or medicine check. Uh, I definitely will take What's survival your... between the two. What's your survival? Plus four. Yeah, go for it with advantage. I'll just assist. Natural 20, 24. Yeah, you, you perfectly extract the eye and eye stalk with minimal damage. I dare say none. Swack. Alright, well, here you go. And I, I imagine it's like a, a, like a big beach ball sized eye. I'm like, here you I'd go. It's about the size of a small watermelon. Okay. Alright. So, yeah, I just, I just present it to 
<laughs> so um, there you go. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and he takes thoughts? it and he carries it over to twelve and goes, "Twelve, can you hold this?" And twelve just nods and opens his chest and puts it inside and closes it. Is I imagine any... that 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 Valuable like moment? opening is very bender like. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else of value on this creature? Oh. I mean, its horns are probably valuable to some people. Its skin is tough and turgid and very water-resistant. And its tail spines are incredibly poisonous. I'm gonna make an effort to collect some of those tail spines. Okay. Make a uh, survival check. Got it. (laughs) Nope. Uh, probably not. That's a nine. So you extract a couple of the the spines, um, mm-hmm. and the poison sacks attached to them, and then uh, after you stow them away, you notice that you pricked yourself. Make a con save. <laughs> this is about what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> you went for the most dangerous bit first. I did. <sighs> I have no regrets. No raggards. Luckily, my constitution save is pretty high. Um, that's a 22. Alright, so uh, you take two points of poison damage. Um, and you feel your muscles in your face seize and tense. <laughs> and like your eyes like are pulled open. And then the poison immediately subsides and you're able to close your eyes. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, um, look. Uh, I guess. Uh, well, hang on. Would it be? I, I know you. You. You are in somewhat of a hurry. Would you mind if we took some more time to extract some of the skin and horns from this creature? Oh, go for it. I always find other people attempting to do surgery fascinating. All right. I'll, I'll try to get some of the horns and a good amount of skin off if I can. If you guys don't mind. I'll, I'll assist. So you notice that the, the horns are, like, very strongly attached to the skull? I think I'm going to need Hanzi's help to break those. Uh, to which... Um, Roderick approaches and sees you all doing it and goes, Oh, you're working too hard. Oh, are, are we? Uh, do you, is, there, is there a trick that, that you he can He nods me? excitedly, like you're going to ask him to tell you. Can you, uh, t- can you show me something I've never seen before? He's going to brandish a small warhammer, or like a small, almost like a, like a large carpentry hammer, and he's just going to bring it down on the skull on the top and the skull you can hear it and feel it shatter but the horns just like just like pop off Ooh. I have never seen that done before well well done you can see that you know there's still parts of the skull attached to the base of the horns when he goes their skulls and he like taps his own head are not very strong Good to and know. their brains are worthless so Good to know if we end up, ever end up fighting one of these. I mean, you can uh, eat the brain in, like, a stew. 
but I wouldn't really? recommend it. it. Gives you the poops. Huh. Good to know. Is the brain? Um, Ahanzi mumbles uh, just while she's helping heft the horn. She's like, oh, "I've eaten worse." I'm culinarily <laughs> fascinated by that being's brain. I'm gonna see if I can get a small scoop of it and and try to and, and just because. I don't he know. just said it gives you the shits. Can we not do this on the tr on the road at least? I'm gonna scoop some of the brain into a bag and then I'll fuck with it later. But right now we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you know what? No, this is a great idea because I want to see you try to eat weak old brain when we get back to Ratbeak. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, <laughs> with no way of preserving it. I'd like to. I'd like to also get a. Um, not not too much of the skin, just because we're gonna have to haul it for a week. Uh, but at least a, a, enough to make like a good. I don't know. A like, vest. Make a, a vest <laughs> because it's water resistant. So I'm thinking like if if I could get enough to make like a couple a hat. sets of clothes. Actually, a wide brim hat that's water resistant is not a bad idea. We're making beefalo hats, y'all. Hell yeah. We are making beefalo helmets. <laughs> um, we've Shut got the whole. Don't starve. <laughs> hashtag not an ad. Hashtag could be an ad. Hashtag, hashtag don't starve pants. Hashtag I need other people to play with me, please. Um, we uh oh yeah sure um I'll yeah I guess I'll start skinning, but I, I'll limit it to like um I don't know twenty pounds of skin. See what that gets me. Um, so this, just, this stuff's hide is very thick, like an inch thick. Anybody got a magical blade I can borrow? Masami's eyes glow with fire. I mean, <laughs> what blade do you want to have be magical? Uh, I produce my my gnarly kitchen knife. <laughs> Ew. Does this does this gnarly kitchen knife like look like something that I would even fuck with as far as like craftsmanship? So it's definitely like used, but that blade has a wicked edge on it. Like, I, I take good care of my knives, but I've definitely been using the same knife for, like, 30 years. Which is funny, because he's only 20-something years old. Yeah, exactly. I've been using it for 30 years. Okay. Would this be something that I feel like would be possibly better with one of my weapons? Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to cast Magic Weapon on his, on his weird cooking. <laughs> magic Kitchen Knife. <laughs> You've got an hour. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that thing slices through the hide much easier. Okay. Do I need to, do I need to roll a check or anything? Or uh, I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point. All right. Dead cobble to pass, but whatever. <laughs> dead, dead cobble to pass. So did I, I got both horns and roughly 20 pounds of skin. Mm -hmm. Also, for that second level spell slot, I want one of those horns. You can have it, and I imagine you might nice. be able to make something fancy with it later. I mean, it's not metal, so it's not really my my area of expertise. But I'll see if I can do something with it. About how big are these horns? Um, I would say like the size of a of a. I mean, its head is this like bigger than a mountain goat's head, right? So the horns are proportional. So I'd say the horns are about the size of like a big horn. Okay. Okay. Go. So, so too big, too big to put in any bag, um, or any bag that we have at least. 
Maybe uh, like I'll... two feet from from base to tip. Yeah, that's about what I'm imagining. Okay. Is like, for a Hanzi at least, maybe a little less than like shoulder width. Mm. Um. I'll I'll lash one to my to like the top of my bag. Oh, you're gonna carry it for me. I mean. Okay. I'm probably carrying the least amount of stuff compared to all y'all. I yeah. probably am, but I'm... That's fair. You're also strunk, so it probably makes sense for you yeah. to carry. I mean, I, I don't wear armor, so I'm not really weighed down by anything but other stuff that I'm carrying. Carry me, too. I mean, it... I... I Guess I could. Piggyback ride. Uh, I have a giant jar on my back, so that's not really a viable option. Do not go in the jar. I'll just walk. Yeah, I don't. I don't advise you look in that. All right, I, I get. You know, I I kind of wipe off my hands and uh, and my knife, and I'm like, all right. Well, thank you for uh, for appeasing us. I never like seeing a creature like this go to waste. And I would oh, harvest. It won't. It won't. Mm-mm. I'm sure other things will be happy to chow down. Yeah, that's fair. We're in a swamp. So the, the, the remain, this, these remains will stick around for maybe like the next like six hours before something comes off and carts what's left of it off. So as you guys begin to walk away, um, Roderick the Pitless gestures to 12, and he goes, uh, 12, do the... And he like waves his hands repeatedly, like wings. And he goes, do the thing and catch up. Twelve just nods and goes back over to the Kabatopop's corpse and seems to be drawing in the mud around it. Hmm. Oh. Roderick, what is Twelve doing? If you want to see, just stay. I, I, I genuinely do. I'm fascinated by, by both these gentlemen. I also am fascinated but terrified. I'm this person. As well, we probably should be. It's kind of crazy how, like, I, I also the, the religious implications of how Masami's whole church works, and the fact that it's, like, the idea of, like, objects possessing sentience over enough time, these seem to be the reverse, and it's just, fa- it's it's crazy. I, I, I want to know more. I want to know more. <laughs> uh, so, you're gonna see... So, who stays behind? I do. Uh, if, if, if Roger, is Roger staying behind? No. I'm going to stick with Roger. Yeah. Yep, same. All right. So the four of you, five of you keep moving on. The three of you stay behind. Um, so the five of you don't really see anything of interest until the other group catches up. So I'll just patch this through real, real quick. So you two sit there and watch, um, 12 sort of draw a circle, like a magic circle with, like little runes and shit in the mud around the Kabatabas corpse. And you can see he manipulates the corpse to coil it up on itself so it's you know, smaller. And then his he, he grabs his right hand or his left hand with his right hand, like grabbing the fingers in the palm but leaving the thumb open. And then you can hear him crack the hand back. Ah. And it sort of folds back 
and out pops a few inches out is the end of a rod stored in his forearm. He draws the rod and begins to seemingly cast a spell on the corpse. Is he making any sounds or noises? Uh, Not that we can hear, probably. He's using a telelocator staff. (laughs) He is casting a spell, and you do hear somatic components being used. Sorry, vocal components being used. But they seem to originate from the rod. Fascinating. And a small statuette head on the rod is like jabbering its jaws up and down. That's rad. Uh, And as he sort of swaths the rod back and forth, you can see the wounds on the Kabbalah body stitch close. Its eye grows back. Oh. Uh, And all the parts you took regrow. Um, Okay. That's how you get to be chill with alligators or crocodiles. He stores the rod back in his forearm, closes the component back up with his r- r- wrist snapping back into place, and he looks at the two of you and, like, shoes you away very repeatedly. Oh, yeah, no, if this thing is coming back to life, I'm not gonna be sticking around super far, super uh, close. I'm gonna be leaving as soon as it looks like it's starting to heal itself. Does this seem to be... Is this, like, some neck... Did he basically revive the creature? Like, is this some... Like, do you want to give an archive? Yes. <laughs> Question mark. This is a crazy job. That is, that's going to be not great. Um, you said it, Arcana? Yeah. Yeah, no, I rolled a two. Okay. Some kind of necromancy. Powerful necromancy. Sorry, evocation, right? Yeah, um, the healing healing spells. <laughs> this is some high-level shit that not even I can do. Uh, and then as you guys leave, um, 12 sort of jogs past you all to catch up with the party. I'm jogging with them. Yep. Run, run, run. <laughs> all right, you two give a constitution save. Oh, dear. Oh, that's not good. That's six. Sixteen. All right, Masami, you t- one stage of exhaustion as the two, as the three of you, basically jog run for an extended period of time. Oh, goody! But you all arrive. Masami is quite out of breath. Thistle is not much bad, be- not much better, but better. And twelve is obviously completely unaffected. Was it interesting? No, I'd say that he's totally out of breath. Hey. <laughs> Didn't have any to begin with. He... No, actually, he breathes. I noticed that earlier. Oh, yeah, he does breathe. Your joke wasn't very accurate. Man. Got him. <laughs> man, man, man. Anyway. Um, so, what, what was... Was it interesting? What did you learn? Uh... He's got some pretty powerful magic. I'm not surprised. So. Also, I don't think we have to be worried about us dying. 
I mean, uh, it should be nice for once. He's not worried about and, us dying. And Roderick looks you and says, "Why? Death is scary." I was gonna say, it I'm... is scary, but it's not so scary if it's not permanent. Why wouldn't it be permanent for you? Why is it not permanent for the thing? What thing? The the big thing with the eye. Oh. Twelve's powers are not for you all. Man. Is it just to help? Oh, I don't know. Does it just use it to resurrect the, the creatures for the parts that you need? Oh, sometimes. Most of the time. Almost all the time. Most of the time. It's a very yes. neat feature to have. But why couldn't he resurrect us if need be? Because we're not I bring you all back. So if we if we die protecting you, uh huh, can you bring us back so that we can protect you more? Can of course. Will I? No. Okay. Valid. Well, means you guys are stuck with me. Sorry. Hopefully we won't die trying to protect you then. I hope so too. Let's uh let's let's push on and I'll I'll start leading us out of the swamp again. <clears throat> so, uh it's about the end of the day when you guys uh you know realize you're not going to get out of the swamp in one day. Yeah. Sure. You might be able to if you press through the night, but with Masami already suffering a stage of exhaustion, you guys are already kind of moving a little slow. I'm a little tired. Yeah, not a good idea. All right, so we're going to have to set up camp in the swamp then. Um, can I try to find us a, 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 a slightly drier, slightly more above ground, or maybe like some kind of shelter in the trees or something that we're uh, not sitting in the wet ground. So you're going to start to do that. And, uh, Roger's going to be like, what are you looking for? Beck? Uh, shelter for the evening. Oh, what do you, what do you want to find? Uh, a safe ground that isn't too wet for us to sleep on. Oh, I can do this. You can. Uh huh. Could you? Sure. That um, would be wonderful. And uh, Roderick's gonna like crack his knuckles, uh, very like showboaty, and step in front of the party, and then just like point to the bog, like in front of you guys, and just be like, "Please." And he's gonna like. Wake up. Move. Scoot. Scurry. Move away. Uh, and as if, Go on, get. As if he was like Merlin from Sword in the Stone. All of this inanimate, like, you know, plant material is going to like, like, just move away. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and 
until a 20-foot wide circle of relatively dry ground is there. Okay. Um, that, wow. uh, that's, that's, wow, that, that's very helpful. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll start making, making a fire while, while pondering just, just what the hell we've all gotten ourselves into. <laughs> this guy clearly has, uh, he has a lot of very high power, how powerful magic. I mean, shape Earth is only like a third level spell. Oh well, I mean, okay, but he's still. I, I Becky is very impressed by the magical feats of your enigmatic character. Right. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just pointing out if anyone was like arcane enough or a druid enough, they could be like, "That's a cool trick," but that's not like. Parting the fucking Red Sea levels. Word. Alright. <laughs> I'll start I'll start making camp. Becky definitely doesn't know anything about magic. Um Roderick, you seem very capable. Why why do you need people to go with you where it is you're going? Uh he's already sitting down on the edge of the circle and just like sort of pushing some of the dirt away so it makes a little bit of a concavity. Um, and he's like nestling into the dirt like a bed, and he's like, "Oh, I get lost a lot, and people are fun. So people you are just, fun. You're right. So you more need a navigator. Okay. Also, friends. Friends are always are always better to have with you." He nods one more time before immediately falling asleep in his little rut. God, he just has all the powers I wish I had. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I too wish I could fall asleep immediately. I, I'm, I have to, I, I've been taking sleep medication for the past, like, seven years. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I, I guess I set up a campsite. Do we want to set up a watch, or uh, yes. do twelve and thirty-seven look like they're scanning the area and keeping a watch for us? Uh, the two of them are standing on opposite sides of the circle. Um, do you engage with them about that, or do you just sort of assume? Uh, I can go up and ask. Uh, I think I'm going to go up and approach twelve. All right. He looks to you and just sort of gives a nod. Hi, yeah. Um, we are setting up watches for the night. Do you in 37 want to be included as part of our watch? Uh, he looks past the... Thir sorry. <clears throat> 12 looks past you to 37 and just like claps his sort of wooden hands together. 37 looks over uh, and they both give a nod. Um, and then 12 looks back to you and gives you a thumbs up. Cool. Um, do you guys need to, to sleep at all at night or are you good to, all right, cool. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we can just go ahead and set up watches in addition to them, but I know at least 37 seems to have a very discerning eye. All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess if they've got watch, then we can just, uh, eat, eat a little something and then go to sleep. I mean, it might do us to have maybe one person on watch. I know, I know, I'm 
exhausted from the crazy jogging earlier, so I've not you used... Thistle and Hanzi should all sleep, so it should be either me or Torin that stays up. I'm going to sleep. I'll stay up for an hour. Alright, I'll take a second watch. Okay. Yeah, I'm the only one who has any kind of exhaust. I, I think I spent one spell slot, and I uh, have a level of exhaustion, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, you you can sleep, and then I guess this will take a second watch. I'll wake her up after a couple hours, just as an extra measure. Sounds well enough to me. So I, yeah, I guess the the three uh, the three bigger the the three bigs will will go to sleep. <laughs> <clears throat> cool. So first watch is quiet and super chill. You don't really uh, see the. Um, the other characters sorry, uh, 12 and 37 you hardly see them move uh, and when they do it's just them, you know, turning to sort of scan a different section right okay so I'm feeling feeling much more secure. I guess I'll wake up Thistle and be like, hey, if you're paranoid you can stay up, but I think these guys got it. Um, okay. I'll sleep then. Alright, I'll go to sleep. Okay. Alright, well then, um, you know, unless one of the party members that was supposed to get woken up, uh, desires to try and wake up on their own volition? Uh, Elise was, or Thistle was going to be the one that I woke up for second watch. I don't think anybody volunteered for a third. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Then yeah, you guys uh, wake up. It's morning, and there is one dead rat on the edge of camp (laughs) that seemed to be uh, been skewered by a thin crossbow bolt. Huh. Nice. Breakfast. <laughs> oh, no. You. <laughs> well, good good morning, everybody. I guess I'll start. Uh, I thought about cooking the rat, but I think I'm going to think against it. <laughs> I guess I'll just you don't start. know where that's been. Yeah, well, we don't really uh, have the we don't really have the facility to be like cleaning it well after the. It's been it's probably been sitting there for a couple of hours, dying. It's not. It does look fresh. I mean, I'm I still considering the brains of a Katabu plus even after hearing that it will give me the shits. So I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> I'll I'll start getting ready to uh, to move out if everybody else is waking up. Okay. Does anybody else need to do anything? Uh. I'm swapping some spells around, but otherwise I'm just doing my, you know, more normal morning ritual, blessing my, uh, my, blessing my glaive, yada yada. 
need some rations. Yep. Rations. Chomp, chomp. No. Oh yeah, and then I guess we'll uh, we'll keep setting off on the course that we had. Does the does like the the campsite shoop back into place as we leave? Uh, only when um. Roderick sort of as you all leave and goes as you were everyone thank you uh, and then yeah just like the slush and slog of the bog just sort of overtakes that little circle of ground cool <laughs> alright I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll carry on another day to get out of the swamp yeah it's only about half a day's travel when you guys see dry land in the distance uh and so you guys are, you know, outside of the bog by full-on midday. Okay. All right. And uh, Roderick says, Oh, good. Now we just keep the bog on the left until we're going east. And then we need to go south. Okay. And so we'll, we'll keep on that track then towards, like the, towards the ruins. Okay. Uh... You guys travel that way completely unlike hindered until about evening where you see a small merchant caravan has uh, three carts um, all positioned in a, in a triangular arrangement with a campsite in the middle. Uh, should we approach them? I don't think we need to buy anything. Making ourselves ask known. him about. I'd like to ask him about the ruins, kind of know what we're getting into. Um, you let's know, Roger. Take, let's take a what? quick five. Okay. All right. So, how do you want to approach the merchant camp? Uh, I would like to ask them about the ruins. So, uh, well, Roger, let's start by hailing them. Step one: say hi. Yeah. I probably would want to go with them if I. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use. Again, I'm just so happy with this world setting and the fact that I'm the half orc and I'm considered the the, the diplomat by default right. by race. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. It's go my favorite me. thing. I'll let you take point with the uh, with the merchants then. So, in addition to being a merchant caravan, what you guys actually notice is this is a dwar- a not dwarf a orcish bazaar. Yes! Uh, <clears throat> and it's I mean, not uncommon. Right. It's not uncommon for an Orcish Bazaar to sort of take on tagalongs. And nice. uh, while about 80% of this group of like 40 plus people are orcs, there's about eight or so people that are clearly from like a merchant company that are traveling from one place to another and are just traveling with the Orcas Bazaar for safety. It happens fairly regularly. So you guys are welcomed in. Um, you know, you guys are pointed out to by uh, the leader of the Orcas Bazaar. It's this big, hearty, gently overweight uh, Orcish man. And he approaches Masami with open arms I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond in kind. I mean, this he, is this is the first time I've been with a bazaar in a while, so I'm kind of excited. He gives you a big old hug and goes, "We have a half kin with us. Please, everyone." And he sort of turns away, 
Prepare. We must have a nice meal for the afternoon. We have guests. Uh, it's been so long since I had good home cooking. I mean, we'd probably eat pretty good at Rappy. True, but, like, I feel like there probably is, like, a distinctly, like, orcish traveling, like, style of food that you might not necessarily be able to find in Ratbeak without hunting another orc. That's fair. It's like you can get cornbread at the restaurant, but is it the same as your grandma's cornbread? No. No, it ain't. <laughs> so Exactly. You guys are welcomed openly into the camp. Um, 12 and 37 stay very close to Roderick, but he seems completely... Uh, you know, off guard and happy and enjoying and maybe only a few minutes into the camp, uh, you see he's playing with the ch- some of the children. Oh. At some point in time, I, I want to have a conversation with him as far as the history of the his two companions, but right now I'm just like, home! Homes- I did not realize how homesick I was until I actually met other people. <laughs> For the first time in a very long time, possibly since we've been traveling together, you actually see Masami kind of relaxed, and in in a, like she's normally a little bit anxious, and like the anxiety is definitely lessened while while she's nice, very cool. So you guys find out some of the reasons why the merchant group has buddied up with the bazaar. They are uh, fine goods traders, specifically find good foods. Yes! So, they're traveling from one town to another with a cargo of, like, like a big barrel or two of fine wine, uh, you know, a couple of kegs of McGurk's Lurks uh, ale. There's, uh, you know, dried meat on dried meat on dried meat on the racks hanging in there. Uh, caravan. There's all manner of sausage and good, just just high quality food um, in large quantities. I and so the you all see the Orcish Bazaar leader hand not an in, insignificant amount of gold over to the merchant uh, guy who seems to be the leader of the merchant caravan. He goes, "We'll take about ten percent of your cargo," and he goes, "Absolutely, sir. Why not?" And uh, they immediately begin to set upon setting a feast for that for the midday. Yay! I'm so happy. That's uh, I, I I go to Masami. It's like should we, should we should we offer to pay for any of this, or is it just is it customary that like if I it, I can't imagine that this is the not the first time that I've run across another caravan in my travels. It's just probably been a while. Is this right. kind of normal orcish hospitality? Uh. You know distinctly that this means that they're going to ask you to do something. Uh. Okay. I, I'll, I'll probably let the group know that, but also, yeah, that's fair. Should let our uh, let our VIP know that specifically. Uh, talk to Roderick. Real I quick. mean, is it one of those sort of things? It's like if we accept the food, are they kind of expecting us to say yes to it, or is this kind of a we're we're being given the food to be asked? It's it's a ladder of the two of those. Like, gotcha. It's not not a voluntold situation. It's more right. of a they are setting the table for we're, we're buttering to you ask up. us. Yeah. So we don't necessarily have to say yes, but 
we were definitely getting good food out of it. So, yeah. Good food is good food. I'm happy to accept some. Is it actually? Would it be? Would it be uncouth to uh, to our current employer in Ratbeak to take a side gig while we are on a current job? I don't know if we would know that outright. Yeah, he knows right. a lot. Who does? We don't know if we would know that outright is what we were saying. Oh, gotcha. If if the boss would be mad about oh. us taking a side job from other people while we're on a job for him. Well, he's not here. That's true. And I figure, you know, if it, if it wasn't a Norkish caravan asking, I would be more hesitant, but it's like, you know, no, they can ask a favor. I might, may or may not say yes. I, I feel ask. like as long as we get our job done, then uh, I mean, it also depends on what the hell they ask us. Um, as long as we get our job done in a timely manner without doing anything against Ratbeak's interests. Yeah, then, if we're not using time or resources from Ratbeak to do what we need to do for right. them, then it should be okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, party time. Yeah, so as uh, the camp be begins to very quickly smell divine of fine food. Oh, you, man. <laughs> yeah, just... I know, right? Salt good meat, shit. peppered, uh, just expertly seasoned. So, yeah. so good. Just that, what you're thinking, like that. But a little bit better, but a little bit better. I imagine Orkish cooking is very spice dependent just because you travel so much that right. you get really like the, the spice game in Orkish travel traveling caravans is like a plus because you got to like you got to smoke that shit. It's probably, probably not barbecue, but something. Similar. There's probably a weird garlic crazed orc in there that has everything fermented in the back of his cart. Oh, okay, I know that guy. He's got, he's got black garlic and it's tight. Yeah, he's got, he's got he's got some miso paste taped to his uh, caravan wall. It's older than one of his kids. <laughs> just now picking up that I'm referencing. No, I already. Oh no, I was there already. Yeah, no, I I was a hundred percent already there as soon as you said fermented stuff. Yeah, you said garlic, and I'm like, I know where this is going. I've been binging Bon Appetit videos all day. Nice. Um. So I, I am entranced by the amount of food, and I'm making a sampler plate for maybe Hanzi or, or anybody who, who doesn't normally sample, like, really, really good food, and just kind of, like, walk them through tasting a lot of it. <laughs> well, the food's about to be presented. Oh, uh, okay. Um, nice. And you guys are all sort of welcome to sit down at this, like, low table. When okay. uh, the... When... 37 looks eastbound and looks over to Roderick, who goes, oh, company. And then seconds after he says that, with confusion abound, you hear the rampage of galloping horses. Uh, mm. Not the kind of company that we're hoping for, I think. I, I guess I'll, I'll yeah. ask. Uh, I'll start asking around like, is anybody expecting a large galloping caravan of horses? Wait, uh, did Roger was the one who shouted company, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
the orcs look around to the east and goes, no, who could be so bold? And that's when you all see that rampaging towards the the caravan and camp is a sizable force of cavalry and they seem to be waving some sort of banner. Who has the history check? Um, I have a feeling I might know which particular banner this is, uh, but I'm also not the best at history. I have a minus one, so probably not me. Um, I got a 17. Does anyone have a soldier background? Uh, I do. Um, make your check with advantage. Okay. Yeah, Elise, I think Elise has. What's your What's your plus to history with it? Seventeen. Um, I mean, I rolled a fifteen, but I got a plus two. Oh, nice, cool, cool, cool. So Good seventeen time. and Becky. Uh, for history, we've got twenty total. Okay. Good. So Thistle, you recognize that that's a banner of some sort of mercenary group. Becky, you know exactly what mercenary group that is. It is a group of highly cavalry-focused mercenaries that are known as the Open Hoof. Okay. And assumedly they're about to attack this camp. Oh! Um... Calvary incoming! It's the open hoof. Are they are they bad news? Uh, do I know if they're generally are they just professionals or are they like more barbarian ravagey? No, or, they, uh, these are these are mercenaries, true and proper. If they're okay. here to attack this camp, then they've been hired to do so. Oh shit! Uh, right now they're just soldiers trying to attack us. How many are there? Can I? Can I? You guys get, get a gentle estimation of about. 40 to 45. Oh, okay. And they're only a few hundred meters away. How, the, how, about how many people are in our camp, not including us? About 40. But they're on horse. That's very true. And we're on flat bad. Um, okay. Anyway, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's where we're gonna stop for today. <laughs> Y'all knew it was coming. Like, how's oh, he yeah. with the president? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. well, let's was... just pinch. Let's pinch a, uh, uh, a sizable forty on forty combat in five minutes at the end. Yeah. Of the <laughs> <laughs> we do that. I feel like I feel like we could... roll initiative twenty times. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, uh, I know. I, as a as somebody who's DM'd, it hurt to say that. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right. So that's where we'll uh, leave it for today. We yeah. had our entire Rat Beak party, including our paladin fighter. Thorin, played by James. Our cleric. Uh, Half orc, forge cleric, uh, Masami, played by Katie. Our warlock. Uh, Thistle, the half elf warlock, played by Elise. Our barbarian. The yak folk barbarian, Ahanzi, played by Melanie. And our fighter. Dragonborn Battlemaster, Becky, played by Tyler. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.